It was clear heading into the offseason that Louisville was going to need to address the tight end position via the portal, and they did so on Tuesday afternoon when San Diego State tight end Mark Redman committed to the Cardinals program. On today's episode of the show, we'll talk about what this means for the offense next season and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into it. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I alluded to in the opener, the Cardinals have a new commitment. San Diego State tight end Mark Redman announced his pledge to Jeff Brom's program on Tuesday evening. This is a game changer for the Cardinals offense. We'll tell you why here coming up shortly. We'll also talk about Louisville offering Indiana star Jalen Lucas and why I believe the Cardinals should prioritize him in the portal. We'll also dive into a weekly mailbag. So a lot of good stuff to talk about on today's episode of the show. It's been a fun week. Fun past seven days following the Louisville Cardinals. Um, the transfer portal momentum has consistently increased. Uh, last Tuesday, the Cardinals got their first portal commitment from Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck. They got some uh, help in the trenches over the weekend. Harvard defense alignment Thor Griffith, Yale offensive tackle Jonathan Mendoza, both committed to Louisville. And on Tuesday, the string of good news continued. San Diego State tight end Mark Redman announced his commitment to the Cardinals program. Redman, I believe, visited campus just this past weekend or sometime uh, just a couple days ago. So, Visited the Cardinals program. Like I mentioned, when you see a player make a visit to Louisville, chances are more often than not, the recruitment can get wrapped up pretty quickly. And thankfully, in this case, it did because Redmond is a potential game changer at a clear position of need. As I mentioned in the opener, heading into the offseason, it was clear that maybe tight end wasn't the largest priority in the portal. But we all knew that it needed to be addressed because there were moments this season where the tight end position was, um, you know, there was some um, production from the tight end position, but it wasn't characteristic of a Jeff Brom offense. You know, tight ends are featured very heavily, whether it be in blocking or receiving, they are featured pretty heavily. This season really wasn't the case. Um, you know, they might have missed on a couple of targets in the portal, but they got Joey Gatewood, who had a pretty solid season, all things considered. Nate Kariski showed some promise. Josh Livson made some plays. Um, you lose Gatewood, you lose Livson to graduation. Right now, you look at the position depth chart or the roster as a whole. Theoretically, you assume that all these guys stay. At this point in time, you return Nate Kariski, you return Dwayne Martin. You have Jamari Johnson returning, and you bring in 2024 um, high three-star, low four-star Dylan Mesman from the state of Michigan, who's pretty highly regarded 
in the 2024 class. But it was clear that Louisville, if they wanted to unlock the offensive potential, was going to need to address the tight end position. And they did just that. And not only did they do that, but they filled the need with one of the best tight ends in the portal currently. Redmond, uh, six foot six, 255 pounds, uh, started his career out as a four-star recruit, committed to Washington, spent one year there, and then transferred over to San Diego State, where he has had two pretty solid seasons and had a career year this past year. Um, he will have one year remaining. He has he had 38 catches this past year, 408 yards to go along with three touchdowns. So immediately I view this as a clear upgrade um, at the position of need. Now, granted, this is no disrespect to any of the players that play tight end at Louisville. That is not meant to be viewed as a slight or anything like that. I feel like this is more of an indication of how good Redmond is. And not only is he pretty solid as a pass catcher, um, utilizing a pretty deceptive amount of speed for his six foot six, uh, 250 pound frame, but he's also very good at blocking as well. And that's key is that Braum utilizes multiple tight ends. Sometimes he does it for different reasons. Sometimes it's more for blocking, more for receiving. I think Redmond can do a little bit of both. So I think that this really, really is a best of both worlds type situation for the Cardinals offense. And Truthfully speaking, I think that this move makes sense for Redmond as well because you go from the Mountain West Conference, you transfer into Power 5, you play in an offense that definitely features tight ends. It's a pretty um, electric offense um, when you unlock all the passing schemes for Jeff and Brian Brom, and I think that it's going to be an offense that is extremely attractive two skill position players in the portal for years to come, running backs, wide receivers, and especially tight ends. I think that this is really going to be a solid move for him. He gets more exposure. He plays in an offense that is uh, receiver-friendly to where he's not only going to be able to showcase what he does blocking, but also receiving as well. He did that at San Diego State. It's just going to be a larger platform for him now. Um, a couple of things that you might be concerned about. I'm not saying you are, but I, I could see this being a rebuttal. Number one, he comes from the Mountain West Conference. Now, yes, the question with non-Power 5 players is can they make the jump to Power 5 um, due to the amount of teams that are interested in Mark Redman, You would assume that a lot of coaching staffs across the country believe that he can make that um, adjustment to Power 5. So I wouldn't really put too much uh, concern into that. There are some rumors that he won't join the team until after the spring uh, due to you know needing to graduate. From, from what I've heard as being a rumor, I don't know if that's going to be something that is true. I don't want to speak to the validity of it. I'm just introducing it for the sake of conversation. That has been something that has been talked about. Um, but at this point, even if it takes him to the spring to come to Louisville, he is a great option for the tight end position. And I think that this is a no-brainer. That's tight ends in the portal. Does a great job of blocking. Also very, very solid at um, receiving as well. So I like this move for Louisville. I think that it is um, pretty much a no-brainer for me. The question that I have now is what is next 
for the Cardinals at the tight end position in the portal. Because to my understanding, there is a good possibility that they will add multiple players at the position. So maybe that is an indication that more players will transfer out or just um, you know, opting to go with more players at the position because they want to make sure that if they're going to use multiple tight ends in the game, that they address the position. So obviously people will have questions of what's going to happen with uh, Justin Jolie, the number two tight end in the portal from UConn who had um, over 500 yards receiving ranked as a top 100 recruit or portal recruit overall. Um, it does make you wonder what's going to happen there. He was scheduled to have a midweek visit to the Cardinals program before going to Indiana to make his visit. I, I think that personally, my gut feeling, my intuition is telling me that they are still in play for Jolie. You would obviously have to do some convincing to where, hey, look, you can both coexist in this offense. I view Jolie as more of uh, a modern tight end that is utilized more for pass catching as Redmond is more of a traditional tight end used for both blocking and pass catching, although Redmond is very good receiving as well. But if you were to get both players, obviously that would be huge. You have to wonder, well, does it fit the NIL budget? Is it going to be something to where are you willing to give another scholarship to the tight end position? These are all questions that we are looking for answers to that we just don't have yet. But I would assume that um, Louisville would look to add a couple tight ends to the roster and um, Redmond was just the first one. There's also another tight end that Louisville has offered that was on visit last weekend. Tanner, I think it's Koziel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, six foot seven sophomore from Ball State. Spent two years with the uh, Cardinals. And this past season had almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. So that is another player that you can look at and question whether or not Louisville will still go after another player in the portal at the tight end position, something that we will keep an eye out on. But nonetheless, adding Mark Redman, extremely solid move for this team that is just continuing to get better via the portal for really good additions. Speaking of additions, an offer went out on Tuesday. Louisville offered Indiana all-purpose back Jalen Lucas a player that, if you remember, tore up the Cardinals back in September. I think that Louisville should prioritize him, despite the statistics maybe not justifying that. We're going to talk about what that justification is here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you need to go with LinkedIn Jobs. It has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. So it makes hiring a little bit easier because, look, I know that when you have a small business or you work for a small business, you're wearing so many hats, you might not have the time or resources to put forth towards that job search. LinkedIn has got you covered. The process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked On has the or has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, 
plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's unprecedented, so be sure to tune in. I mentioned right before the break a player from Indiana, Jalen Lucas, who tore the Cardinals up back in September, entered the portal last week, and received an offer from the Cardinals on Tuesday evening. Some will look at his statistics and say, nah, we're good. For me, I think that Louisville needs to prioritize Lucas. And here's why. For starters, let me preface this by saying that I don't think he should be an option for RB1. I Obviously, you're waiting to see what Joar Jordan, Isaac Arendo, Jamari Thrash all do, whether or not they come back or not, and that could uh, affect whether or not you want to go after Lucas. But for me, I think that his dynamic ability in three different levels justifies why Louisville should go after him. If you have some concerns about the statistical numbers, and I mean, it's not great, I will say, this past year for Indiana, he had 67 carries, 275 yards to go with two touchdowns. Um, in the receiving areas, he really wasn't that much greater. He had a statistical jump from last year to this year, 34 catches, 247 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, but also, he was very good at kickoff returning, 22 returns, 572 yards and a touchdown had a kickoff return for a touchdown against Purdue. The five foot nine native of Louisiana is a touchdown waiting to happen every single time he touches the ball. He's extremely dynamic. And I mentioned that he's good in three aspects of the game is you have to look at this and you have to understand for me, um, my thought process is looking at a guy like Rondell Moore. Now, granted, he's not Rondell Moore, and we aren't going to um, compare every guy that's under 5'10", 5'11", and quick to Rondell Moore, obviously, because he's obviously one of a kind. But a player like Jalen Lucas that has shown the ability to affect games in multiple different ways, I feel like is worthy of a scholarship, and he can help Louisville big-time this offense or this Big time offensively this upcoming season. Sorry. Um, my motto, truthfully, is that you can never have too much speed and you can never have too much big play ability. And Lucas has both. Um, look at what he did against Louisville this past season. He only had eight for 29 running the football, but he caught 10 passes for 98 yards and a touchdown. His usage was a little bit... All over the place. After that, Tom Allen didn't really do him any favors at Indiana. The offensive side of the ball was sort of an enigma. And there was some quarterback issues all year. And long story short, the Hoosiers didn't really do him a ton of justice in terms of maximizing his skill sets. I knew when Louisville played Indiana, but beforehand, one of the keys of the game was literally limit what Jalen Lucas does because he is that explosive and he had some big time plays that almost got Indiana um, into a spot to where they could have beaten Louisville, but that didn't happen. So regardless for me, I think that he can fill a couple different needs. Number one, he could be a solid running back option to where he's a 
Secondary option, whether Jawar or Isaac Garendo leaves, I don't look for both of them to come back. Now Maurice Turner, um, Keewan Brown will obviously be in the mix. But that is the great thing about adding a guy like Lucas is that he's an all-purpose back. He can also go out into the flat and be a receiver. He's good with uh, the ball in space. But he's also solid at running routes and catching the ball downfield. So I think that it's one of those situations to where Obviously, I'm not Jeff Braun, but if I'm looking at this and you have to assume that the hypothetical is that there is interest from both sides that Lucas wants to commit to Louisville. Let's say, hypothetically, Lucas would commit to Louisville if you accepted his commitment. I would take the commitment, not not ask any questions, and figure out how it is going to fit later on because he's a guy that we've seen um, with Rondell Moore that Jeff Braun knows how to utilize uh, smaller faster receivers in many different ways, whether that's running the football, whether that's getting the ball out in space on screens, whether it's slants, deep balls, regardless of what it may be. I think that this would be a huge addition offensively because of the versatility that Lucas possesses. If you're not sold, then perhaps adding Lucas and making him automatically the best kick returner on the team would maybe go a little bit of ways in convincing you. I think that Lucas is one of the best, was one of the best return men in the Big Ten in the country this past season. And he joins a Louisville team that really has been looking for that electric kickoff return man for quite some time, a couple of years. Um, and I feel like maybe it's not high up on the priority board, but it definitely does not hurt whatsoever I think that you know Lucas being the Swiss army knife that he is and can affect a game in different ways his big playability his explosiveness his quickness I feel like that creativity was some something what the offense lacked this year now you can say quarterback play was maybe to blame for this somewhat and I wouldn't necessarily disagree but the Cardinals receivers outside of Jamari Thrash, it felt like there were times where they struggled to create separation. And I feel like having a guy like Lucas that demands a ton of attention, having you know the gravity of the defense surrounding him because he's so good at making guys miss. And when he makes you miss, he's a house call waiting to happen, sort of like Jawar Jordan. So I think that having a player like Lucas, um, I would assume, I, I would say at this point, you know, one of Jordan or Garendo would be back. If not, I, I think it makes um, immediate sense that you add Lucas and then go out and add another running back. Now, granted, at that point, you risk maybe having Maurice Turner transfer, um, and you could make the rebuttal that, hey, look, it's not worth losing a guy like Maurice Turner who we feel like is going to have a solid season and his best ball is ahead of him. He can fill that role for Lucas. If that is your argument, I, I can't necessarily disagree there. I just feel like Lucas is, is one of the most um, you know, versatile players in the Big Ten or was this past year. And if you're convinced that it's a statistical thing as to him not being good, well, he just made a visit to Penn State. Oklahoma State has offered. Multiple schools have offered. The versatility jumps off the page. The explosiveness jumps off the page. The quickness the different ways that he can affect the game. For me, that is why I feel like you need to put the statistics aside. You look at the context and realize that Indiana's offense was really hashtag not good. And um, I, I think it hindered him. I think that a change of scenery, this is like the textbook definition of a change of scenery doing wonders 
for a player. And I think it makes sense for Louisville. I think it could make sense for him as well, being featured in an offense that um, does a great job of really highlighting players with his skill set. So I'm extremely interested to see if Louisville decides to get involved here, um, how involved they decide to get, and how much interest Lucas then has um, for the Cardinals program. But we shall see. But Louisville offering him after playing against him this year and Braun playing against him last year at Purdue, you would imagine that um, the writing is on the wall in terms of Louisville being interested. So, But we will put football recruiting to the side for the moment. There will be some uh, portal recruiting questions here um, in just a minute in the mailbag. There's also some men's basketball uh, questions as well, a volleyball question. We'll answer those here momentarily. After we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Look, the weather's getting colder. I'm just not a big cold weather guy. One thing that keeps me on my toes are the hot offers on FanDuel regarding the NFL. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. It's been a while since we've had a mailbag, and there's a lot of good questions, men's basketball, volleyball, football recruiting, etc. Let's start with the men's basketball side of things. How many games do you think Louisville wins for the rest of December? Well, there's really only three games left. Um, Arkansas State tomorrow night, Pepperdine after that, and then Kentucky to end the 2023 calendar year. Um, I I think that they lose to Kentucky, so that puts you at maximum two wins. Uh, They're going to be favored against Arkansas State and Pepperdine. I think they're five-and-a-half-point favorites over Arkansas State, who's three-and-seven. Pepperdine's five-and-seven. Um, it's not a huge spread though. I think personally, my gut feeling is telling me that they split, uh, the two games coming up. I think they will win one of the two games. It would not surprise me if they won both, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they lost both either. That's kind of where we're at with this team. And, um, they really need to go out and have a strong showing on Wednesday night against Arkansas state. For me, I'm going to go with one. I think they win one out of the last three heading into 2024. Next question is about recruiting. I'm a little bit concerned about the 2024 high school recruiting class as it pertains to Louisville. Do you echo those same sentiments? Right now, they don't have a single signee. They have a loan commitment in TJ Robinson, but he hasn't signed, which for me isn't the greatest sign. Um, It seemed like this staff's MO last offseason was that they were opting to go with higher-rated freshmen and allow them to develop, and that's how they were going to get better. This year, it feels like it's the exact opposite, where they're going to go to the portal, um, assuming that Kenny Payne gets a third year, which at this point in time, it's sort of up in the air, right? Um, Unless something drastic changes, there could be a change at head coach for Louisville. We will see at this point. Obviously, drastic changes would be needed. But, yeah, right now, it it doesn't really – feel encouraging that Louisville doesn't have a, a single signee and that at, at this point it's hard to really look forward to the future with that. I understand that the portal 
has completely changed recruiting. But at this point, it, I'm not encouraged. So I, I echo those sentiments. Moving on to the football side of things, I feel like we aren't talking about safety enough as a position of need in the portal. I think it's a position of need to fill depth. I mean, you have your starters. MJ Griffin comes back from injury. Devin Neal is back as a starter. D'Angelo Hutchison is going to be um, a depth piece. I think that you need to add maybe one to two more guys at the position to get that depth back. You lose Josh Minkins. You lose Cam Kelly. And um, I think that Wilbur will add at least one safety to the mix. But it's a position of need. I don't feel like it's the top priority. But there's a couple positions of need. It's just you don't need to go out and add a starter. You're more so adding a depth piece, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I would agree with you. I just wouldn't say that it is a extremely top priority. The schedule next year makes me feel like we can win 10 regular season games again. Is it too early to tell? Honestly, yeah. We don't even know what this team is going to look like next year, let alone the opposition as well. On paper, you have road games against Clemson, Notre Dame, and Kentucky, who are going to be three pretty solid opponents. Uh, Miami comes to town. SMU comes to town. Jacksonville State, tough non-Power 5 team you'll play. So we'll see. I mean, there's going to be the opportunity to win 10 regular season games, but um, I, I really don't feel comfortable answering that question yet because it's it's just way too early but we'll, we'll talk about that you know in the summer before we get into that first game volleyball question I can't help but feel like this season was a failure after losing against Pittsburgh do you think do you think Danny Busbone Kelly's golden era is over I assume you mean the the string of the final four appearances. I don't think it's over. I think that they lost to a tough team in the Elite Eight. Now, granted, they lost some games they shouldn't have this year. Uh, the reverse sweep was their Achilles heel. They lost three out of their five matches to the re- reverse sweep, uh, twice against Pittsburgh, who's in the final four, once against Stanford, who was a one seed in the tournament. They lost to Georgia Tech, who was a top four seed, and then they lost to NC State, which was a tough road to loss. But they lost five games. It wasn't obviously as successful as the past couple of years where they made two straight Final Fours, but it is extremely tough to make a Final Four. I'm losing in the Elite Eight, losing in five sets on the road. They were up 2-0, lost the momentum in a hostile road environment, and couldn't get the momentum back against a very good, perennially solid defensive team in Pittsburgh who was a one seed. And they're a very, very good team, and unfortunately, things just weren't in the cards this year. Uh, but no, it, it's not a... Failure of a season. The golden era is definitely not over. It's really just beginning. Anna DeBeer back, Elena Scott back, Charity Looper, Ellie Glock, uh, Kara Cressy, uh, Pekron Kong is back. Um, I would assume that the Cardinals go to the portal to replace Ico Jones. Shout out to Ico, by the way. Uh, shout out to CC Rush, all the seniors that will be leaving the program after this year. Definitely um, appreciate all your contributions in this extremely fun time. Um, in the Louisville volleyball program history. So moving on along, there is one more question. Um, really should have lumped this back in with the basketball side of things, but what is your take on the Karan Davis situation? Truthfully, I don't really know what the hell is going on. Nobody does. Um, all of a sudden, Karan Davis doesn't play, and 
he's not even with the team and he's in the stands and Kenny Payne doesn't even know he's in the stands. I personally, man, I don't know. Is it our business to, to know? I mean, not everything is our business as fans to know. I mean, it could be personal reasons, but we really haven't even gotten any clarification on the situation other than that. Quran's not um, in trouble or anything. He's just not with the team. So truthfully, it's going to be that way until we get some answers, which I'm not necessarily sure that we are. Obviously, there was that rumor about um, Kenny and Karan getting into a fight in practice, but that was debunked multiple times. So, truthfully, I don't know what's going on. So, I don't really know how to answer that because I don't know what's going on. But I hope that whatever the issue is, that it gets resolved soon. So, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. We continue to cover football recruiting as the week goes along. Hopefully some more commitments to talk about and more. So with that being said, we'll see you right back here very soon.